was the sense that Windsor was the worst place to live if you're a woman. I want us to change the narrative to say Windsor is the Essex is the best place if you're a woman to live, to start a business, to grow a business, uh, and to be a leader. Women are 67% less likely to self-promote than men empower women entrepreneurs. Women owned 34% of businesses in Windsor Essex. Women have to be part of that process. They need to be part of that plan. Women were underrepresented in every single area. We can ensure um, that we can continue to move the dial. Found that they had imposter syndrome. In terms of Rise Windsor Essex, increasing the number of women entrepreneurs. And that addresses the needs of women entrepreneurs at this time are designed to really celebrate women. Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting young female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. I've officially teamed up with Rise Windsor Essex to bring you stories of Windsor Essex's very own female entrepreneurs. We're here to celebrate women in the area who have made it happen. So today I'm speaking with Tashlin from Workforce Windsor-Essex, as well as Kavon from Women of Windsor Mentorship Collaborative. Thank you both for joining me here today. Thank you for yeah, having us. Yes, of course. Um, so how about we start off with each of you telling us just a little bit about yourselves and your organizations. So I'm Tashlin. I'm the Manager of Projects and Research uh, with Workforce Windsor-Essex. So Workforce Windsor Essex is the local workforce planning board. So we consistently do research on the local labor market, um, assessing needs of employers, of job seekers, um, tracking any changes in our workforce and just making sure that everyone um, is aware of what great employment opportunities are available in Windsor Essex. And um, again, my name is Kavan Bome, and I am a professional in finance, but I'm also the president and founder of, as mentioned, the Women of Windsor Mentorship Collaborative. We're a group of women who have come together to provide mentorship to those who identify as women and who are above the age of majority, aka 18 preferably. Um, we serve women of all social classes and really aim to lead change in both the perception and the reality for women who are in career or preparing to enter a career. So we often mentor through the challenges in overcoming barriers, obtaining resources, launching or scaling businesses, and uh, we like to say shattering the glass ceiling. So we're each um, pretty seasoned in our respective crafts, considered skilled leaders, and just are really passionate about propelling the community and each other forward. Amazing. And I guess, so building on that with the Women of Windsor Mentorship Collaborative, why was it that you decided to create that organization? Well, actually, it was out of, um, I guess you could say a certain level of excitement, but also frustration um, when we learned of the news of Windsor-Essex County being rated as one of the worst cities in Canada to be a woman in for four and some would say almost five consecutive years. Um, and so after conducting research and you know, coming together with um, some really strong women who are in my um, professional network, we decided that we wanted to establish um, an organization at the time, not necessarily 
um, a, a, a corporation, a nonprofit corp, but just establish something to be able to cheerlead for our community, but also give back in areas where our community needs us to be more supportive. Um, and so we have um, many members who have been kind of a part of what Women of Windsor has become today, um, as far back as you know, our first networking breakfast, um, who have been able to see it um, come to fruition and who have contributed in many, many ways. Yeah, absolutely. And you had sort of touched on a point there too, where um, Windsor was named one of the worst places to work as a woman. Um, and I know, Ashlyn, that you had worked with Rise Windsor Essex on a report there sort of on the same topic. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that report and why it was important for those findings? Yeah, so our uh, what's called the Rise Needs Assessment um, is a report that we've created as a partner through the Rise Network. So this first report that we did is kind of a baseline study trying to just capture where Windsor Essex is at in terms of levels of support for female entrepreneurs as well as women that are working in STEM fields. And then over the next four years, we'll do um, updated reports every February so that we can kind of track those changes. Um, but like Kavan mentioned and many of your guests have mentioned before, Windsor was known as the worst city uh, to be a woman. Um, and so we wanted to really look at why is that? A lot of the markers that were done in that study um, focus on other issues such as um, education, safety, well-being. So we wanted to look at specifically employment and entrepreneurship and see what are the actual numbers for Windsor-Essex. Um, we did find that there was kind of a lack of data for um, small cities in terms of just understanding where females uh, play a role in entrepreneurship. Um, so we chose to also do a lot of in-person consultations with um, female entrepreneurs themselves, um, as well as those that run groups, including uh, Kavan and others in educational institutions, just to actually ask those people, what challenges are you facing or have you seen women facing? What successes have happened? Because it's always really important to talk about our successes as well. But what are those main barriers that are specific to Windsor-Essex that are really holding women back from um, kind of following through on their full potential to being an entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. And that's amazing. And I think a lot of the findings are definitely, you know, it's important information to have with our community and then what we can do with that information. And you had touched upon on um, the different organizations that have been sort of a part of that. And Kavan, do you want to just touch upon who's all a part of the Women in Windsor Mentorship Collaborative? Yes, absolutely. Um, so we are a partner of the RISE Network as well. Um, but as far as the women who are affiliated with the Moon of Windsor Mentorship Collaborative, we have a board of six females um, from Windsor-Essex County and one who is actually a business owner in STEM from uh, Michigan. She's a chemist. We have um, about 15 to 20 women who are considered community mentors. And so they are enlisted with our organization to provide facilitation and content delivery to other partner organizations, which consist of um, West as an example, we're, we're delivering a very large amount of consultation and um, 
and content to West this starting this September, as well as to uh, the RISE network. And we've been working really closely with Nicole um, Anderson Sleeman, who's managing the, the RISE network. And we have various um, members who are more um, advocates of and you know, um, want to show their support from a public perspective. And so, you know, we work, I say you would see us a lot show up in the ADL scholarship commentary, which is led by Chisidia DiBiazio, um, Stacey Robert Tobin, who leads up the Women of Windsor group um, that many of people often think that we are. Um, so it's great. So Stacey and I have kind of reached a point where we're, we've, we're, we're really driving with each other and it's a bit of a yin and yang as her and I say. Um, and, and the list really goes on. I, I Noor um, is someone who we work really closely with through Build a Dream and uh, we compliment what the other is doing. So when we say that we're a collaborative, we are a true collaborative. Um, we don't want to replace anything that's already being done well in the community. And you know, between our individual members, mentors, board and then community partners it's become quite a robust operation in our short two years wow yeah no that's a great collaboration there and um, a lot of great organizations coming together and you'd also talked about the types of mentors in the organization um, do you mind just sharing what type of mentors there are a part of this collaborative um, so what we do is we build out our content based on the needs of our partner organizations. So we have chartered professional accountants, we have yoga instructors, we have um, women who are entrepreneurial. So the majority of our uh, mentors own their own businesses. We have uh, a professional in communications who owns a communications company. Um, a, a recent graduate of the St. Clair College, who's also an, also an Athena Award recipient for this year. And really, every mentor brings her own unique skills to the table, consisting of technical skills, but also the soft skills um, that are required for in our content delivery. We also have like the owner of a international label company, um, Nomi and Sibs, which is um, one of my favorite success stories uh, of thriving business established from scratch from um, a, a woman named uh, Courtney Botterill Stewart. So um, really, it's a it's a pretty fulsome, um, quote unquote, roster of mentors. And, and really, the time commitment is, um, is not too heavy. Um, you know, we ask that each mentor facilitate between one and three two-hour sessions each season. And for example, this current season will be from September to um, March. We also have another woman who's been uh, a really key part of our um, content so far is Gail Robertson from Gail Now. I'm trying to remember everyone um, because we're so grateful for everyone's contributions, but I also don't want to run on too long there. So yeah. We're, we're really, we're really humbled and grateful for everyone. 
Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like there's definitely a wide range there, which is so great and such a great program to be offering. Um, and I definitely want to come back to that as well. But I also wanted to ask Tashlin back with the Rise Windsor Essex report. Um, what was the most shocking thing that you had discovered while you were creating this report? I think the most shocking thing was, so we met with both women working in companies that are STEM focused as well as female entrepreneurs and just kind of the stark differences in the supports that they were looking for. Um, so we know a lot of organizations locally um, like to run events that are specifically uh, for women or young girls. So Build a Dream is a great example. And so I use that kind of as a leading question to ask is, are these kind of female only or female focused events something that are interesting to you. And I found that uh, the entrepreneurs, those running their own business or looking to start a business, they loved it. It made them feel a lot more comfortable to go to female-friendly events or female um, cohorts uh, for programming, such as uh, the Venture Women program at the Epicenter. Um, but for the women that were actually working in STEM fields, they found that they didn't actually feel comfortable at those events. They didn't have an interest in going to them because, in the workplace, they're working with men all the time and they already feel kind of separated or isolated and they didn't want um, to further that isolation. So they prefer to actually go to the events with their coworkers, with men, um, whether it's networking um, or training programs, uh, they wanted essentially nothing to do with kind of the women only training. Right, yeah, and that, that definitely makes sense. And you know, there was a lot of key findings around the same area in the report. Um, what is it that you'd really like to happen in our community with these findings and sort of the overall goal um, from the Rise Windsor Essex report? Yeah, so our overall goal was kind of just to understand what supports and services are already available, which ones um, need to be created, what like which ones are having a gap, but also which services are offered right now that aren't that helpful uh, to local entrepreneurs. So a lot of people kind of gave the idea of an open workspace, kind of a collaborative workspace where they could come in and whether it's just kind of a hot desk idea where they just rather than working in a coffee shop want to work in kind of an open space with other entrepreneurs um, opportunities for more organic networking that way um, but as well as um, kind of a workspace for those that are um, starting a business that has um, a physical product or requires a bit more um, kind of craftsmanship to it um, but having that publicly available whether it's through a membership um, kind of process or not, but having something in the community that's not tied to a particular organization, to a particular school, to something that's uh, open for entrepreneurs to come in, uh, kind of work together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, one of those parts too, I guess, brings us back to sort of with the mentorship um, opportunities as well for people starting a business or anything else with that, um, especially with the Women of Windsor Mentorship Collaborative. Kavon, do you mind just sharing how someone could get involved with that either as a mentor or as a mentee? Yes, absolutely. So 
To become involved as a mentor, there are several ways for um, someone to reach out to us. Right now, we've been running our campaign to recruit uh, those who are interested in becoming mentors. Um, so that's been running for about the last two weeks. It's been publicized on our LinkedIn, um, Facebook, our website, and through our, some of our partner organizations, it's been shared amongst many of the different uh, partners that we have, informal and formal partners. And so um, our phone number is posted and what we request is that uh, CV, resume, or LinkedIn profile along with some comments as to um, why, why you'd wish to be involved um, is sent into our admin at womenofwindsor.org. Um, inbox, but it can even just be as simple as picking up the phone and, and giving us a call. We do our best to answer every phone call and at the very least respond within 24 hours. Um, as far as getting involved as a mentee, right now we are focusing on group mentorship because of the level of demand that there is, we want to be able to address um, the demands and the needs of our local organizations who have women to serve um, and to deliver content for and who need to tap into a resource such as ours. So we operate like on, a, on an actual um, mentoring platform um, that provides statistics and so on back. So we want to be able to leverage that um, appropriately and then beginning within the next 12 to 18 months um, once we have been able to address a lot of our group mentoring needs in our community then we're looking at um, initiating one-on-one -on -one matches also through our, our mentorship platform um, and that's all done through an organization out of Toronto that we have a software license agreement through so it's a really really smooth experience for everyone um, and I don't have to get into the intricacies of that right now but we, we want to make it a human experience and one that everyone can look back on and feel like they really accomplished something through and, and be able to print off and, and keep a record of all of their um, achievements and milestones through the program. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like such an amazing program and I'm excited to see everything that comes from that. And then also going back to the Rise Windsor Essex report, Tashlin, you had talked about how there was a lot of challenges for women in entrepreneurship in the area. Um, can you talk about what some of these challenges were in particular, as well as in STEM? Yeah, so some of um, just tying into what Kavan was talking about with the mentorship, um, one of the biggest challenges facing women looking to start a career in STEM was finding role models. Um, so Windsor-Essex is a pretty tight-knit community, um, and with that, a lot of people have their go-tos, so everyone is familiar with uh, Shelly Fellows with uh, AIS and Janice Kaffer at the hospital or Diane Rico uh, with Rico. And those are kind of the go-tos that whether you just want to talk to somebody, whether you want to go on a panel, uh, whether you want them to speak at an event, we have kind of this small group of people that we always call on. Um, and with that, there's kind of a lack of um, just diversity and varying experiences and varying fields that they work in. Um, so finding kind of those uh, smaller groups of mentors, those mentors that can be uh, more relatable to them, depending on kind of what stage they're in in their career, um, is kind of a big thing that Windsor Essex need to really focus on when we are choosing panelists, when we're choosing event speakers, try to think outside the box a little bit. Um, and then with that, 
a lot of young women, if they didn't do um, co-op or had some connections, it was kind of a struggle to get um, their first job out of university or college. Um, and a lot of that can be tied to imposter syndrome, uh, where they just didn't feel like they hit every one of those um, qualifications on a job posting. And that's something that's pretty gender specific. We are always hearing about how young men or older men, they read kind of a posting, find something they're interested in, and they apply for it no matter if they hit kind of all those points. Um, but women are a little bit more hesitant. They tend to see, oh, I only need eight out of 10 matches. Um, or requirements, and it kind of makes them draw back a little bit, um, especially those young women coming right out of school. So kind of just remembering to apply for anything, um, and then again, co-op and those work placements throughout school are definitely a big help. We found a lot of women that did those placements um, had very little struggle finding work um, after graduating, so that's definitely a big help to kind of um, ease that struggle uh, after graduation. And then in terms of those uh, looking to become entrepreneurs, um, again, imposter syndrome uh, was a pretty consistent response. Um, but also just being in Windsor-Essex, there's not a ton of capital investment that's flowing through to these small businesses, specifically female entrepreneurs. Um, a lot of that is due to just not being in a big city like the GTA or Waterloo. Um, we don't have a ton of investors in our area that are looking to invest to others in the area, but we have an even smaller amount of female investors um, locally. So that's something we definitely need to grow, try and um, draw investors in from outside regions, but then also just trying to find a way to start as an entrepreneur. Um, many of the women I talked to said that they were too, hesit uh, too hesitant to kind of find out um, or call about what services were offered, say through the Small Business Center or programs at West. They weren't really sure if they fit the criteria or if it was exactly what they needed. So they did a lot of online research and that can be very varying, sometimes not super helpful. Um, so it's really important that those that are offering services have a really good online presence and it's very clear, um, but also has kind of starting self-paced resources as well, um, just to kind of get over that hurdle of uh, not having all of the information at once uh, that is more prevalent with female entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you touched on a lot of really great points there, um, especially with imposter syndrome um, and, you know, women applying to different jobs. And then you'd also talked a little bit about what you've seen in other communities um, with supporting women. Can you talk about maybe some of the best practices that you've seen in other communities that support women in these fields? Yeah, so um, one of the groups I talked to uh, is Communitech. So they're out of Waterloo. So they do um, similar work to uh, the local WeTech Alliance. Um, but they run an accelerated project that's called Fierce Founders. Um, so it's a female-only um, kind of entrepreneurship program um, that is geared specifically to women. Um, so again, like I mentioned, a lot of women are more comfortable in kind of that female-only cohort. Um, but it's important to know that you don't need to completely change um, kind of the setup of how you're running the program. They don't need different skills as women. Um, they don't need everything to be pink. That's also an important piece, but also still taking into consideration the fact that a lot of them might be um, mothers and requiring uh, flexible schedules for childcare. Some of them might still be working or going to school. So having kind of those flexibilities with um, not, required, not requiring them to work in kind of the office space 
for the program. Um, but again, emphasizing their need for seed funding and that capital funding um, and starting that kind of knowledge of how to get that early on um, to kind of go through that hurdle of trying to get that investment. Um, and then there's a group uh, in Ottawa called Invest Ottawa um, that does similar work, but one of their kind of main accomplishments when I spoke to them was their International Women's Day kind of week-long event. So we know um, anyone who's uh, kind of worked in this field a bit in Windsor knows that there's dozens of events throughout the whole week. A lot of them are at the same time or same days. Everybody's trying to get the same speakers. Um, and a lot of them are, the goal is to do the same thing, uh, raise awareness of women working in these fields, women that are doing great things in the community. Um, so what they did in Ottawa was this organization specifically met with all of those that have hosted events in the past, those who were planning to host new events, and they took on the role of coordinating a few weeks actually of activities to make sure that those that were either going to plan to do something very similar or the same thing could instead partner up. So that way you're saving resources, um, you're saving those uh, in the community time from not having to go to every event or maybe skipping an event. Um, and it just kind of puts everyone together. It improves kind of your community cohesion. Um, and then in the long term kind of supports that uh, strong ecosystem of a female friendly community. Those are kind of the two best examples I found. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like some great, you know, practices that they have going there and that a lot of people could probably definitely take and, you know, implement in their own communities. Um, and you were talking too about how, you know, the goal of those is to help celebrate women in these fields. Kavon, do you mind just sharing what you hope the organization of Women of Windsor Mentorship Collaborative becomes? Um, well, we're moving at a very rapid pace right now, and our vision has actually been revisited. Our vision and mission were revisited throughout this pandemic era here. Um, we have continued to, to I, I want to say, um, evolve in ways that were beyond my initial, I think, spectrum of belief as far as how much I could handle from a capacity standpoint, because I also run my investment practice, which is my primary business. But I'm inspired on a daily basis to see where our vision is taking us. And it sounds a little cliche to say that we are where I hope that we would evolve to, but as of right now, we are. And then once we continue to evolve and achieve our one-on-one -on -one matching program um, status, I guess you could say, like that will be another um, big milestone that we've been working so fiercely towards. So I'm definitely happy with the pace and I'm enjoying the ride as much as, um, you know, preparing for what the future holds. We are in the midst of um, needing to make sure that we keep up our equilibrium when it comes to the amount of mentors we have and then the demand for our programming. And right now, like I'm in the midst of onboarding anywhere between 30 and 40 new mentors just to deliver our programming for this upcoming season. So that, um, that, is, that is a bit of a dream come true, if I'm being frank. Um, Two years ago, never imagined that we would be where we are today. Um, not for lack of 
dreams or vision, but just for wanting to be very realistic, um, being a mom of two and, uh, you know, doing all the things that Teshlin had referred to as far as why a lot of women do not become entrepreneurs. Um, you know, I, I definitely see us being a primary hub of knowledge and skills expertise for women of Windsor-Essex County and even all of Ontario to be able to refer to and come to for support um, in the long run, um, you know, to bring on a number of full-time employees who can really continue to propel us forward would be fantastic. Right now we're 100% volunteer operated. We are bringing on a paid intern starting in September. Um, so it's the little things like that that are allowing us to do big things in the community. And, um, you know, if, if we continue on this trend, I, I really do think that we can achieve our goal of Windsor-Essex County being one of the number one place to be a woman in Canada. So it's very exciting. Yes, absolutely. And you talked about, you know, a lot of great things that have happened through the organization even till now. Um, and what would you say has been the greatest success for the collaborative since it has started? As far as the greatest success would be, um, you know, to be very, very candid, um, completing a full transformation throughout this pandemic. We've been all hands on deck throughout the summer. Um, my board, Allison Hawkins, uh, Alyssa Space, um, Rebecca Stasco, Sierra Scott, and uh, Lisa Bat, they've been incredible um, in enduring the pandemic, working from home, managing young children, running their own businesses. Every one of us are, are entrepreneurs. And the fact that we survived the pandemic, were all hands on deck, did a complete restructure and um, now are releasing our services to organizations that we really look up to in the community that is a massive success so yeah I just am grateful <laughs> absolutely no that's definitely a great success and I think you know overcoming this pandemic is is a huge milestone for any organization so I'm so happy to hear that you know everyone is getting through it um, and yes, just thank you so much for both of you for sharing all the information on your organizations, um, as well as what's happening in the community. And I'm so excited to see what is to come with both of the organizations. And do you want to just let the listeners know where they can find each of your organizations online? So there are a few ways that people can reach us. Primarily, we ask that we be contacted through the contact information on our website, which can be found at www.womenofwindsor.org. There is a way to send us an email through there and also call us directly. Alternatively, we're suggesting that clients also reach out to our community partners so that they can take advantage of all the great resources that are offered through them, um, specifically the RISE Network. So Nicole and I will be working together to make sure that we're providing mentorship to any of the uh, entrepreneurs and women in STEM locally who need our support. 
And those that are interested in reading um, our RISE needs assessment, they can find it right on the homepage of our website at workforcewindsoressex.com. Um, and for more information about the RISE network, they can go to uh, risewindsoressex.com and find the report there as well. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.